the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Y'all can't see me right now, but I'm kind of doing the pony. Little 60s gig tonight, hour two on this uh, Friday Eve edition of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, okay, so Hunter. <laughs> oh, before I get into this story, I got to bring in my dude. I was just so laughing so much to myself about the story. I almost forgot. I got to bring in my partner in crime here every night of the week. It is none other than DJ Sesame Broccolini. I'm as mad as I, I'm not going to take this anymore. I am tired of being forgotten about. <laughs> you just forget about me, AK. You, you, uh, well... Well, you know, I mean, this, I saw this and it just had me giggling so much. Okay. So, okay. So yesterday Hunter finally shows up to do his deposition. Right. And of course he's got to say it's incontestable, uh, that, you know, uh, that Joe Biden was involved in the business. He wasn't. And he blamed MAGA said it was a charade based upon MAGA, uh, conspiracies. And then Matt Gates comes out and says, get this Hunter Biden actually claimed in his testimony that he joined Burisma as some kind of secret double agent, uh, you know, to help fight Russian aggression and the evil Putin. I mean, you know, you, you didn't think it could get any funnier than that. And I actually think this is even funnier. Now he's come out and said um, that uh, he basically, he, he couldn't recall anything related to, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, leaving that at the computer, leaving that at the computer store. He couldn't recall meetings. He basically couldn't recall anything because he was nothing but a drugged up addict who was literally trying to kill himself every day. <laughs> um, I don't know. He sure seemed like he wasn't uh, about to kill himself or was so drugged up he couldn't remember anything when he was sending WhatsApp messages saying, look, I'm sitting here with the big guy. I'm sitting here with the president of the United States and y'all best get your act together and drop about five million in my bank account in the next couple of days. Hmm. He seemed cogent enough for that. Uh, James Comer has made the full transcript of his testimony available. It's a 200 page document. And it's just full of all kinds of insane uh, excuses and obfuscations. And, you know, I mean, which is it, Sesame Broccolini? Is it that he was a secret double agent doing the work of the, that the CIA was refusing to do and stop or the FBI and to stop Russian aggression? Or is he somebody that was so drugged up out of his mind and trying to kill himself every day that he can't even remember everything? How can you be a secret double agent? When you're when you're coked up out of your mind and trying to kill yourself, 
Well, and how can you be a secret agent and then have all these memory loss issues where you just have sudden yeah. selective amnesia and it's like, oh, well, I can't give you any information about that. Or, yeah, sure, I'm going to contradict myself multiple times over and just let you try to figure it all out. It's just – it's honestly, it's very, very lazy. I don't know it's what – I mean, you can tell he never thought it would get this far. The same goes for, for Joe. The same goes for James. It's the whole Biden crime syndicate. There's a whole, there's a whole yeah. league of them. So the, you can tell they thought they were going to get away scot-free. And somehow, yeah. I mean, I mean they, were just, they were just dumb enough to leave so much evidence behind. <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. Like that's the, that, if, mean, only it it, wasn't, if it wasn't for their own stupidity, they would have gotten away. <laughs> but, but rem- yeah. <laughs> but remember, Joe Biden was like, Hunter's the smartest guy I know. Really? He's in there <laughs> claiming he's a secret double quadruple agent. For the CIA uh, and democracy depends on his sobriety because that's how important he is. But oh, by the way, even while he was a secret double agent, he was so drugged up out of his mind and he was trying to kill himself every day. Exactly how was he doing that? And if he was trying to kill himself every day, if he's the smartest guy Joe Biden's ever known, how come he was never able to make it work? It ain't that hard. <laughs> Sorry. What's going on over there? I'm just my allergies making me cough. I mean, uh, people, you know, don't and I, I, I get that I may sound crass talking about suicide, but I don't believe for a second that he was suicidal. And if he was, he wasn't a secret double agent trying to use. Uh, you know, um, trying to fall on your sword of false heroism or try to fall on your sword of being a poor, sad stalker who was suicidal is about as low as it gets. And that's how stupid they think we are. I would be, I'm not an attorney and I don't know how this process works as, as compared to an actual court of law. Um, but I think I would be saying, show me all the evidence of your, all of your suicide attempts. Show me the hospital records. Show me all the text messages of people that have found you on death's door. If you were trying to kill yourself, there'd be record of it. No, but the, the Republic, yeah, releasing 200 pages. Uh, you know, I, this isn't going to go anywhere. I think at least what we can do is enjoy the fact that you're right, that they didn't expect it to get this far. And he fought having to sit down for the deposition. And we know that he's miserable, so miserable that they are concocting every lie that they can come up with. And if we had a true opposition party, they would be doing the digging to try to catch him and prove that he was perjuring himself there. Any thoughts before we move on from this topic? Well, yeah, it's it's um, in the same way that that these radical progressives want to just make Trump and his supporters squirm. The process is the punishment just as much as any any other part of it. Right. They, they just they want to drown Trump. They want to tear apart his reputation. They want to smear him, bankrupt him, but they want to do it slowly so they can watch him suffer. I just like to see Hunter Biden squirm because I don't think he's a good person. And he seems like he's been selling yeah. out, you know, uh, his dad's political influence for a long time and getting away with some things that are criminal. 
There's also the questions of yeah. crime and the law. And setting my own yeah. feelings aside, there have there are laws that have been broken, impeachable offenses that have been committed. I get it. That's a political standard. But still, there are legal offenses wrapped up in this. And I do think that that's important as well. But, yeah, it's just the process is also the punishment. They didn't see good. this coming. Yeah. And for me, I, good. Yeah. It's what they've been doing yeah. to conservatives for years. So mm-hmm. have some of your own medicine. How does yeah. it feel? The tables are turned. Enjoy. I guarantee you he was squirming when uh, uh, he uh, uh, reportedly was uh, forced to acknowledge the email exchange. Uh, this, according to Daily Mail, the email exchange from his ex-associate about, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. Uh, but, of course, uh, here's here's Hunter's excuse for that. Uh, con- he continued to insist that his dad was not involved in the Chinese deal, and he never he never fully read the message. <laughs> yeah he also admitted uh that he put his father joe on speaker many times over the years with business associates and quote friends but insisted he was not involved in the shady dealings. that is involvement it's access that's what they're selling as bobolinsky talked about the brand was joe biden access to joe was what they were selling And in fact, that's exactly also what was detailed in the dots that were connected in the clip that we played last night from Jim Jordan talking about the pattern was uh, that they put together through um, phone calls, through text messages, through the bank records, is that no deal ever went through until after connection was made with Joe because it was all about access. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that he squirmed. I have not had time to read through all um, two, 200 uh, emails. The the picture of him in here, you know, the famous picture of him with the red scarf and the, and the tidy whities is in here. And it's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious every time I see it. Um, he told Matt Gates during a uh, question, I was going to drop off a laptop. I don't even I don't ever remember doing that. But if I was going to drop off a laptop laptop i would have gone to the apple store which was seven minutes from my parents home here police he went to some little mom and pop little dude shop somewhere in a little strip mall that probably didn't even have a sign above the door you think he's gonna walk into apple come on man um gate says do you recall ever leaving a laptop at the repair shop i do not i'm not even sure why gates even asked him that um I do not recall introducing my father to Ye Jingming, but I believe that that I do not recall any meeting. Well, Rob Walker testified that there was a meeting at the Four Seasons. Your father and you were present. Was his testimony? You don't recall that? What was the date of that meeting, Hunter? Mm, I don't recall. So he played the typical attorney. Uh, you know, I don't recall anything business. Um, you know, so that's to be expected. Um, one of the things they were trying to do here through the process is try to trap him in a lie. Um, they, you know, the lies about the, like I said, about the drug addiction and claiming the suicide attempts could probably easily be, um, be proven. Um, but at this point, uh, what I think needs to happen is I think they need to, um, I, well, they, we don't control the DOJ, so they can't force any kind of prosecution, but here's what I would be, here's what I'm curious about. Where some of these, uh, where some of these crimes occurred, 
and you just mentioned some crimes, including the graft that went on with Biden. How is there? And, and we also know that according to the Hunter Biden laptop and Marjorie Taylor Greene, that there were violations of the Mann Act and interstate uh, sex trafficking. Do we not have some Republican U.S. attorneys or state attorneys general that could prosecute? We got Letitia James up there in New York filing phony fraud claims and then actually trying to persecute a beef producer because they that beef producer supposedly uh, you know, claimed that they followed sustainability, but weren't, you know, honest with the American people about how the beef was, um, how the beef was uh, ca- causing climate change. I mean, the, you know, that's what the left's attorneys general do. What do ours, ours do? Nothing. There's got to be some states where some of these crimes took place where attorneys general could do. Look, I mean, we had the attorney general out of Louisiana and another one out of Missouri file the lawsuit against the Biden administration for suppression suppression of speech of all Americans regarding COVID. But we don't really have an opposition party. So those were really rhetorical questions. All right, we're going to take a break. We got more to talk about. When we come back, don't go away. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, I guess it's time for your daily dose of anti whiteism. Uh, This time coming to you from uh, the West End, which is the theater district in in, um, uh, London. And one of the things that I regretted when I went to London and uh, me and mama and sister had a great time over there. We just did so much. We got so much done in 10 days. Uh, My favorite thing that I did over there. Sesame, have you been to London? Uh, I have not, but I've heard it's very cool. I've just heard... Yeah. I've heard it's a very international city. I don't know. Is that true? Is, is there a lot of different stuff going on there? Yeah. I mean, I would, um, I mean, it, 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 depends. like culture wise, I don't know if they have a, a like a, a flourishing, like kind of like in America, we don't talk, like, I don't know if they do, I, I don't know much about what it would be like, but I've just heard good things, I guess. I loved it over there. Um, of, of course, I'm not an Anglophile and I don't care about the royal family. But I do care about the fact that that's the country we separated from. I do care about the the fact that that is is was it has been our greatest ally. Um, I do love historical architecture. I do love art. Um, <clears throat> uh, and and um, so I, I, I and I love travel and seeing how other people live. Um, one of that and my favorite thing that I did over there was and we're such a young country. So a couple of my favorite things that I did, and I want to hear from you guys what you think about London, if you've been there, and what were your favorite things. My number one thing that favorite thing that I did was Churchill's War Rooms. I got to go down to where Churchill lived and led his country and it, 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 during the war. I got to see his handwritten notes. I got to see his maps in which he strategized and led his troops. Um, it was absolutely incredible to be down in Churchill's war rooms. Um, I, I almost nobody that I know who goes to London goes there. And I'm here to tell y'all, 
it, you know, uh, and especially me um, as somebody who, you know, loves the military, loves the fact that we, with Churchill, saved the world from Nazism. Uh, you know, it was just absolutely amazing to be down there, to see his room, to see the, his bed, all of his personal items. It was absolutely extraordinary. Do you love Churchill? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, and reading about his life, just the way that he thought when he was younger, something big would happen where he just, you can tell he really felt called to sort of go into service mm-hmm. and just, he, he had mm-hmm. a bad feeling about about things going on with certain European empires and just fallout from World War One. like just really smart, really insightful, intuitive guy, it seems like, with a great sense of humor, might I add. Um, reading some of the stuff he's written, like he's, he seemed, seems like he was a pretty funny guy and pretty witty, so... Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Well, if you get to go to London, uh, definitely visit the War Rooms. I also loved, um, of course, I love the British Museum, um, but I actually went to a museum that almost nobody goes to that actually has one of the largest collections of Impressionist art, and that was amazing for me. Um, The third thing that I loved the most was it was my job to research and find great places to eat. And for me, since the food over there is kind of eh, um, <clears throat> it was all about locations. And I found a place for us to eat lunch that was down in a crypt. And we ate lunch sitting uh, uh, our, beneath our chairs were like 2,000-year-old like tombs. So it was absolutely amazing. I would have loved to seen some theater when I was there at the West End, but you know that was really modern, you know, you know, and entertainment options. And I was really there to explore history. Um, and, and it's disturbing the way that Europe, including the UK, have been completely destroyed in so many ways with wokeism and everything that happens over there eventually ends up in our shores. Um, uh, but but I would say right now, when it comes to wokeism and anti-white, it's kind of, we're kind of neck and neck. We're, we might, in fact, we might have actually even led the charge around the world in it. Here is a story um, out of the West End. They've got a play <clears throat> that is called Slave Play, and they are hosting all black audience uh, nights. Uh, for this Kit Harrington production, production, and the reason is, quote, to protect ticket holders from the white gaze. What white gaze are they talking about? Blackout nights. Here's what it says. Blackout nights, July 17th through 17th of September. Blackout nights or the purported creation of an environment in which an all-black identifying audience... Oh, so I guess Rachel Dolezal can go. I mean, she's been fired now, so maybe, you know, she's got some free time. So which an all-black identifying audience can experience and discuss an event in the performing arts, um, film, athletic, and cultural spaces free from the white gaze. What white gaze? I don't sit around staring at black people. I mean, unless they're particularly good looking, then I might, then I might, you know, keep my eyeballs there. But otherwise, why would anybody be sitting and staring at black people? If I buy a ticket to go to a play or a movie, I'm actually going to watch the play or the movie. I mean, this is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Your thoughts? I really, I mean, it it is incredibly stupid. Um, And I do wonder, you know, for, for, you know, seriously, I wonder what do they do when someone is both black and white 
like Obama. Yeah, literally. Like, what what do they do? They tell you to try to run from yourself, or you can't be excluded, or, or you have to stand one foot <laughs> stop in. Stop gazing and one... at yourself. Yeah. Uh, and how do how do they stop the white gaze? You know, um, you know, how, you cover how do you one of your yourself? eyes for the whole movie, like, <laughs> or the whole play. It's just, this is just well, crazy. you would have to be holding up a mirror to, for the white gaze at yourself. <laughs> okay, and so you hold me, up a mirror, Obama's, but then you cover yeah, one of your eyes. Right. And I guarantee you, Obama is no stranger to looking at himself in a mirror. We no. know that dude loves himself. <laughs> I mean, it, this is just what this is about is, is about just anything to further divide, anything to support the notion of returning to, to a segregated society. But they want now they want white people to all be Rosa Parks in the back of the bus. There, I said it. That's really what's going on here. Remember when Black Lives Matter was running all around and doing all these protests in the summer of 2020? Do you remember when white people were dumb enough to join them and they were telling white people to get to the back? So it's it's it, <laughs> and white people were actually dumb enough to do it. Do you remember the images of the white people actually like um, you know, putting chains around their necks and crawling on all fours? Um. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah it doesn't get much dumber than that does it that's no. wow that's ridiculous yeah. okay uh. <laughs> let me tell y'all right now ain't nobody putting me to the back of the bus i will go to the back of the bus if that's where the seats are but i'm not going to sit in the back of the bus because i'm told i'm not allowed to go to the front in fact i usually go i in fact my standard seat uh choice on airplanes is at the back and and I have arguments with people about this. They're like, why do you go to the back? Why? Because you, you are, you know, um, first in, last out. It's the your Philo, right? Uh, for your first in, last out to get off the plane. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I'm closest to the restroom. So it's a strategic choice because you can't congregate around the bathrooms anymore. And if you're up in the middle, uh, they won't let you go and wait. And so good luck getting to the bathroom because every time you try to get up and go back there, somebody's going to jump ahead, right? So that's one of the reasons why I'm very strategic. Number two, if it's on Southwest, if it's not a full flight and I'm towards the back, I got a good chance of having that middle seat stay open, especially if I avoid eye contact. Another reason why it's strategic that I sit at the back is because I'm closer to the coffee and the little beverage station in the back. And so I cozy up, I schmooze a little bit to, you know, the, to the waitresses and waiters, which is what they are on these flights. You know, they try to act all uppity, but we know that's what they are. And, you know, and then I get, you know, I get hot coffee. I was even, I was even employing that strategy and getting hot coffee uh, during COVID when they weren't even doing beverage service. So, yeah. AK will go to the back, but only because it's strategery, not because I'm being told to. White people need to stop allowing this to happen. You need to stop thinking that you're going to put chains around your neck or you're going to wash the feet of, of, of a certain identity group and that somehow you doing that is going to appease. Uh, Winston Churchill knew not to, uh, you know, he, he didn't he buck up against uh, Neville Chamberlain, who was saying, yeah, that Hitler guy's a stand-up chap. 
What did we learn from Winston Churchill? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, uh, the dangers of appeasement for the Sudetenland yeah. crisis. Oh, it'll just be yes. the Sudetenland. It'll just, just don't yeah. worry. We won't take Czechoslovakia. Don't, don't worry about it. Or Poland. Yeah. 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 Neville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You, you naive fool. Yeah, oh. Neville was the dope. Don't be a dope like Neville Chamberlain. That's the <laughs> that's the story. Neville is screaming from behind the grave. Please don't. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. What? Who else can we mock tonight? Who else can we make fun of? Email me and let me know who you want us to mock. AndreaKShow.com. We'll be right back. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show on a serious tip. We had some laughs last segment, although that was serious. Even though we had some laughs, the idea that it is legal now around the world and not even just in the UK. We were talking about UK. I don't know the discrimination laws there, um, but but that whole segregation thing and anti-white thing that they did over there is happening in the United States. Uh, discrimination against white people is now legal in the United States. Um, It's also now become our constitution has been so shredded uh, that, um, you know, uh, our courts and our department of injustice is just blatantly, blatantly persecuting and prosecuting Americans. Uh, Case in point tomorrow, we had Emma Robinson on the show last night to talk about Steve Blaze, Steve Baker from the Blaze News and Turning Point USA. Uh, He is um, uh, turning himself in tomorrow morning. He's going to appear at a courthouse in Dallas at 10 a.m. local time, 8 a.m. San Diego time uh, before a federal magistrate. Um, As Emerald mentioned, he's been instructed to turn himself in at 7 a.m. wearing shorts and sandals, which he said signals that the plan likely is to go for humiliation, um, but which is odd because, uh, you know, he, he's also said that they told him initially that it would be an in and out affair with no intention to detain him. So why would he need to wear shorts and sandals? How would they even humiliate him with the orange jumpsuit? Um, he said, you know, he went on to say, that, you know, they were told that the charges were only misdemeanors. Um, so, and why not even do a simple order to appear? Instead, they went the arrest warrant route. He said, what's more is that he still didn't even know what the charges against him are. Um, and that the powers that be won't even tell his attorney about the charges because uh, supposedly they believe that Baker will post them on social media um, well, but we're all going to find out anyway. So, are, I mean, are they thinking that if he posted those on social media that there might be a crowd at the courthouse? I think that's possible. Um, Baker's Dallas attorney, James Lee Bright, uh, said that withholding the nature of the charges uh, against his client is a, quote, really unusual move. Of course, nothing that is that has gone on with the indictments and the arrest and the treatment of anybody related to Jan 6 has been usual. Uh, in fact, it's been unconstitutional for the most part. Um, Baker's attorney also said he's hoping to get a copy of the complaint um, as early as Friday morning. Well, I would hope so. Uh, aren't they required to tell you what they're, what they're charging you for? 
I guess not. He says his legal team was uh, told there was no request to the court for detention, no need for bail, and the expectation is he'll be released. So I'm still not sure why they told him to show up in shorts and sandals. He says, we don't know if there will be pretrial travel restrictions, although that has been the norm for Jan 6 defendants, even for misdemeanors. It's also been universal. The attorney says that no Jan 6ers are allowed to travel to Washington, D.C., which for obvious reasons will have a deleterious impact on his work. Oh, this is what Baker is saying. Uh, Yeah, because, I mean, he's an investigative reporter. He says, we also don't know if there will be any other company restrictions like gag orders, uh, social media, limiting social media, or to surrender devices and firearms, uh, all unknowns. Um, The attorney told uh, Blaze News that he's disturbed about what's transpiring with his client Uh, especially given the fact that Baker has been in full compliance all this time. Uh, The attorney said that federal government three plus years later going after people who were legitimate functioning journalists that day uh, uh, appears designed to have an absolute chilling effect. Of course, Uh, Baker said, I'm not a depressive person, but I'm not happy about this. Of course not. Baker said, I've prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but apparently it's not going to. However, he also said it will be a relief to get this first step over with. Um, this is uh, incredibly disturbing. Um, but this is, you know, why is this happening three and a half years later? Well, it's because he has been recently releasing uh, the truth about Jan 6. You know, everybody's been scratching their head going, gee, you know, facetiously, of course. Uh, they can round up Jan 6 defendants from facial recognition uh, with no other details about people, but they couldn't find anybody who planted these supposed pipe bombs outside the DNC. Well, of course, one of Baker's most recent reports was showing that those were likely fake bombs that are used for uh, training purposes. So here's how you stop the truth. We Last hour, we talked about CNN cutting off Trump's speech and not allowing uh, that information to be shared to the American people. Uh, this is another way of stopping the news from being reported, arresting reporters and throwing them in the gulag. I expect his devices uh, to be withheld from him. I expect him certainly to not be able to use social media or post anything. Uh, anything you want to share in the story, Sesame? Um, I'm just... <sighs> It's just really, really alarming and and weird to see this recent turn. It feels like the last five or five years or so, even the last three years, there's just been an absolute crackdown on any real in, investigative reporter, journalist, anyone who inevitably stumbles upon corruption or wrongdoing or propaganda campaigns on behalf of the government, and they try to set the record straight for the people which they're really, in a way, obligated to do. That's what you do in the press and in the media or any role within that world. And really, any citizen would want to bring the truth to light. And with J6, there's just been such a nasty propaganda campaign, and they're running the same campaign for 2024. That's Biden's big thing is you got to stop him from trying to do it again. It's, it's just absolutely insane. Um, but it's just very, very alarming. That's That's the big takeaway. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with all this but i i i'm just going to pray i guess and and really 
count my blessings that the government isn't bring, breathing down my neck yet. I mean, it's it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time until someone I know personally or know through someone else finds themselves, you know, on the tail end of this tyranny. It's really it's it's coming to us. I mean, th- this is really really nasty stuff. Well, did Ned Martin? Republic stuff. Yeah, did Ned Martin uh, get put on a no fly list because he was there really? outside the Capitol? Wow. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I, my friend Dr. Gina. Um, was there with with a TV with with a crew from her Real America's Voice Network and was put on a no fly list. That is crazy. There's a new class yeah. of political prisoners in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, yeah. this is really we've seen this before, obviously, but never in America. Yeah, and there are some people yeah. who certainly thought it could never happen here, but open your eyes, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, this is literally. I don't really know whether it is, um, you know, more NOCO or more Castro's Cuba or more yeah. Soviet, but it's certainly not. Uh, this is not what what this country is about. What's his crime? His crime literally is reporting the truth. And even if what he was saying wasn't true, that's not a crime. You're allowed to post stuff on social media as you're questioning what, you know, what went on and posting videos. I mean, the first thing that he did that got them upset uh, was that he posted a question about uh, Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus. He said, did Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus Lazarus perjure himself in the Oath Oath Keepers trial? Um, You know, um, He's he's uh, you know he's he's actually been um, he's he's a straight up real journalist. He's not an opinion maker. All he has done is release. Is he's kind of like libs of TikTok. Here's the videos. Don't be coming at me when you're the ones who said this. Right. This is the truth. And they're waiting. They waited three and a half years because he kept going and kept revealing the truth. And they're desperate in this election season to stop anybody from doing that. And he's one of the few people doing it. Who else is doing this work? That's why they got to go after Baker. So I will be watching tomorrow morning and we'll be reporting on him tomorrow. And they've told him to show up in in shorts and sandals. I think they're going to I think they're going to if this is meant to send a chill up the spine of Americans, particularly reporters, they're going to they're going to do something to humiliate him tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think they are because, I mean, twofold, this is partly just about punishing him. They don't they don't like him, Mm -hmm. but they also need to make an example of him to send a message. They need to show people this is what happens when you try to tell the truth, when you go up against the censorship industrial complex slash this giant, massive propaganda. uh, uh, I mean, I don't even know. It's like a propaganda factory, but the mainstream legacy left wing media. They, they, they are just constantly lying and deceiving Americans every single step of the way because they want to control and shape your public opinion. Why chase public opinion like Republicans often do when you can shape public opinion by telling people, mm-hmm. you know, just make up your own facts? Who's gonna, it's like Lester Holt said just a few years ago. There is no responsibility to be objective in your Mm-mm. reporting. Sometimes there aren't two sides to the story. The regime decides yeah. what is true and what is mm-hmm. false. And anyone mm-hmm. who's a naysayer gets treated as if they're a heretic living in medieval England, going up yeah. against the Anglican elites, right? Like this is you, – you literally get treated. They, they want to they go after you and tear you apart and completely ruin your life because you have the gall, the nerve to do some real reporting in Which a country what- where that's protected by the First Amendment. 
they have to they have to stop you from knowing uh, the truth. And they want every reporter to be like the one that we played in the clip last night with Comer, screaming and yelling and interrupting him at, and arguing with him and pushing propaganda as he's trying to give the evidence to the American people. We're going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, I don't think we've talked about any. Have we had any nominees? We try to come up with every night for an idea of a nominee. Maybe it's this gal who's decided to run for mayor of Portland, Oregon. Stay with us. We'll talk about that when we come back. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know, I always say that people who run for office, whenever I speak at Republican groups, you know, I always tell them that you know, um, I, I can't, these days especially, I kind of consider it her- heroic, certainly patriotic for people to run for office because it is grueling. Uh, It's grueling physically, mentally, financially, emotionally, um, particularly given the fact that these days the left, I don't care. I don't care if you are just running uh, for, you know, the local dog catcher position, the left is going to come for you. Um, But I don't know if I consider this gal who's running for mayor in Portland, Oregon, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she is patriotic and heroic. Uh, she's a 49-year-old Liv Austis, I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, she has no experience in um, governing in anything. Um, her only real experience is as a stripper who a 49-year-old wanted that who performs under the name of Viva Las Vegas. And she has decided that she is going to run uh, for mayor of Portland. She says that when she was asked uh, what she would say to older Portlanders who might balk at electing a stripper mayor, she said she would invite them to watch her strip. Oh, I've seen her picture right here. Uh, Nobody wants to watch her strip. In fact, that may be what's going on here. It may be that it's time for her to hang up the pasties, get off the stripper pole and find a new gig. Um, You know, I don't think my eyes could take it. She says, if the stripper thing is so damning, they could watch my TED talk or read the book or watch the movie. (laughs) What movie? Strippers are amazingly strong, graceful human beings inside and out. And I would invite them into Mary's to let me change their minds. She also claims that her 27 years of stripping prepared her for politics by giving her experience listening and connecting to people. (laughs) Um, uh, Is she listening to them complain about Bidenomics? And about how her her tips are having to go down because they, you know, they, they're going to have to tip her less as the price of gas has gone up. I don't know. Or maybe she watched that uh, video the other day that went viral called Hoflation. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the video that went viral the other day called Hoflation, where hookers were complaining about uh, the increased cost of goods. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that me? Ah, <laughs> uh, I had no idea. <laughs> Is that so? We're all feeling the pain then. It's all of us. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> oh, this is just, I mean, they could do worse. They have done worse, probably. She says, what managerial experience can you point to? Oh, when asked what managerial experience, she says, I have none. And the team I'm pulling together will be the people to guide me on that. I want to know who's on this team. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the dream team for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of them is um, a Patty Gonia. Um, who was Pat- well, <laughs> yeah. that? Was the drag queen Patty Gonia? Oh, Patty Gonia <laughs> was the one who um, uh, the National Geographic made their Traveler of the Year. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Willamette Week, uh, public whatever publication that is, says she's well known in the Portland arts world. <laughs> Sure, as an outspoken sex workers advocate, as well as a published author, writer, and musician. After graduating from Williams College in 97, she moved to Portland to pursue her music career. I don't want to see her. I don't want to hear her saying, please, child, don't don't make me endure that. Uh, Soon after that, she began stripping because apparently nobody wanted to hear her uh, sing any more than they want to see her continuing to uh, work a pole. Um. She is running against three of the five sitting city commissioners. Um, that's all we have to report on Viva Las Vegas, a mayoral campaign. All right. On a serious tip, uh, any, any, uh, do you have like a legit idea for today's hero nominee? Uh, I mean, I really, I really don't. There's some people doing some good yeah, things, maybe. but I, I, I don't have any solid. I mean, the, honestly, to, as of today, I think that I'm just, I'm just happy Trump went to the border, and I think it's hilarious yeah. that Biden made his announcement after Trump, and it's just like Trump just is so on the money. So for me, he's. Yeah. I don't want to sound cliche or whatever, but he really just it's whether it's That's Ohio and East Palestine or people in Hawaii, it's like he's just astute. Say what you will about him. He understands yeah. enough to know when he's needed and when the people in the art, you know, are looking for some leadership and not the kind of leadership you get from Joe Biden. Real leadership, not this whole, yeah. you know, lead from behind and will wokeify the world. No, like real competent leadership. Not to mention the fact as Nikki Haley continues to try to act like uh, Trump is just as bad from an age standpoint and a cognitive mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. I I, mo, I don't know any other person at the age of 40 that would be able to do what he's doing on the campaign trail Seriously. on top mm-hmm. of facing the giant that is the tyranny of this weaponized government. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, when this government is coming after you at all, let alone the extent that they have gone after him, it leaves most people in a corner, in a heap with the level of stress that it puts on you yet he's down there fighting for the american people fighting for the future of this nation good choice for today's hero nominee hey thanks for helping me do a great show tonight sesame broccolini we'll be back tomorrow 6 p.m pacific time for our friday show and uh, we will see you then email me at andrewkshow.com keep the conversation rolling on the social media download the podcast if you missed any part of the show and keep your head on a swivel
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.